Welcome to the DEI Lab Podcast, where we explore how to develop your leadership and capacity to advance DEI in your organization. And on this show, we use our expanded definition of DEI, DEI Lab, for diversity, equity, inclusion, liberation, anti-racism, belonging, and being as in well-being. I'm your host, Rory Geller-Muhammad. I'm an executive DEI coach and licensed therapist. I specialize in helping white leaders navigate issues of race and culture at work so you can advance DEI and anti-racism work in your organization. If you ever worry about saying or doing something that could unintentionally cause harm or feel frustrated with the slow pace of change, you are in the right place. As a white person, I started my DEI lab leadership journey over 20 years ago and wished I had white mentors in my life to show me the way. Together, we're going to change that. Changemakers and future mentors, let's get started. Welcome friends. Today we're going to be talking about, are you seeing what you need to in order for you to do DEI lab work and advance DEI in your organization, to be a leader for DEI, to build human centric work culture. And today's episode is going to be a little bit different than I have ever done before. I'm going to be talking about, we're going to be using a pop culture reference to help us learn and practice. And we're going to be focusing on how, what is a DEI lab lens? How do we strengthen and expand our lens in a way that is helpful to advancing the work that we are trying to do? So during today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting better at DEI um, by strengthening your lens. And we're going to talk about um, what you need to see and things that you might be feeling as we're processing that. We're also going to be using, here's the pop culture reference. So how to use Netflix show, the Netflix show, Ginny and Georgia to practice building your DEI skills. So if you've seen it, great. You'll be able to reference. If not, don't worry. I'll guide you through it. Um, if you're planning on seeing it, there may be a couple of spo- a couple of spoilers. So I'll give you a heads up when we get to that part. And we're also going to be talking about action steps, right? What else can you do to increase your, your awareness? So Before we even jump in, I also want to try something a little bit different for this episode is I want to talk about a little bit about how I'm showing up to this conversation today, right? I know that I've shared before that it's important for me um, to try to model some of these conversations. And I think part of that is also being honest, being vulnerable about how I'm coming to today's conversation. So overall today, Personally, it's an okay day. It's the morning. I'm excited about recording this podcast. In politically what's going on, there's a lot that's coming up. One thing, so for those of you who um, may know or you may not know, so I do live in in Florida now. um, And currently, you may or may not have heard, the Florida uh, State Education Department recently rejected uh, the course uh, AP African American Studies. So the it by the state rejecting it, it's not I, I it's not able to be offered right anywhere in the state because it was at a state level. So the fact that this, first of all, the ridiculousness of it, right? How upsetting that is, the fact that it's something that that that's even a thing. Um, but I do want to say one of the things, so I, we're gonna talk about kind of how can we handle that? What can we do? Um, but I also wanted to say, 
part of the reason that I'm even able to bring it up on the show is because a friend actually, a friend actually reached out to me um, and said, oh, like I wanted, what, do you have any ideas what might be the best way for me to voice my opposition to this? And so that gave me my motivation to do it. So uh, shout out. Thanks, Samantha, for that. And, you know, it wasn't something I saw it and I was angry about it. And did I take that next step when there are so many other things, right? A lot of times we have so many things on our plate that taking the time out to think about, okay, what can I do when it feels so big, feels so overwhelming, but sometimes just having a friend, like an accountability partner, or just a friend that occasionally, you know, that you're both in tune around the things to just reach out, gives you the motivation to take the next step and gives me the motivation to say, you know what, this, I can talk about it on the podcast. I can make sure that everybody knows this is happening and that everybody's voicing their opposition to this. So if you're looking for ideas and we're going to talk about towards the end too, after we talk about, because in order for us to see how this is problematic, we're going to be talking about, right, a DEI lens. How do we develop that lens? What does that look like? How do we expand our awareness? And then once we do, what are actions we can take and help others to do that as well? So at the end, I'll talk about, well, even right now, right? What are ideas when, when we see for whether this specific issue or other issues politically that are coming up, what can we do? So we can email the governor to voice our opposition. We can email the education department, um, state education department to voice our opposition. We can even share it with our own like local school board, our opposition for it. We can write an op-ed for a local newspaper, and maybe at some point we'll go into more detail of how that works and what that looks like. If you have done something else, if you have other ideas or you know of other ways, right, for this, this specific issue or other things, I would love for you to share it with me. If you're on social media, tag me. I would love to hear what you're doing and support that. Um, also, feel free to always email me. So that's one thing that's been on my mind. The next thing that's kind of been on my mind, that's also, right, part of just how I show up today um, there's been an increase in anti-Semitism in my local community. So it's been crazy that, first of all, another crazy thing, right? All these, so much hatred, all these things, but there was anti-Semitic propaganda that was being distributed to people's homes locally. There were, um, people used a projector to display anti a swastika on like the AT&T building um, in the West Palm area. So all of those things, right. So there's, um, this increased, right. Physical sort of not like a nervous, right. We, what, how do we show up? Right. When we feel that right. Sort of the immediate can often be a fear an anger, a sadness. And then what do we do with that? And I think part of that is also building awareness that these things are happening in our communities. The last thing that I want to share of just how I'm showing up, and then we're going to dive right into the conversation, is um, just something, this is something I'm thinking about uh, that I was thinking about over the weekend was safety in, uh, I know the last episode, if you heard it, we did it around uh, Muslim inclusion. And when um, my kids, so they recently started going to Sunday school for, um, for in at the so masjid or the the mosque, right? That they're going that they're attending sort of their Islamic studies class, right? Just like sun, Sunday school. And one of the things that I noticed that was different than in Jewish spaces was there was no the security, right? There were no armed security guards. And so there was an aspect of my physical safety that went through my mind of like 
is there an sort of a is there a need for ink right like where the, the feeling there is a need for an increased safety not because anything happened but just because of the times that we're living in and comparing that to some of my kids also attend um my, my daughter goes to, a, a, so a JCC, a Jewish community center, she goes there for pre-K and my son also goes there for aftercare. And so the fact that there's always security there. And also when we go to um, any temple or synagogue, right, we're, there's always security guards. And so that's something, right, that there's this level of even this protection where physically our bodies are safe. And I noticed that was something that was missing there. And so starting to think about right aspects of ways that access to security, right? Financial means to get security. Um, just all of those things, right? Uh, privilege and marginalized identities and the way that that shows up in access to things. So that's been something that's been on my mind. And I just thought I'd share that because I think when we're thinking about this lens and developing this lens, these are some of the things that I'm thinking of as I go through my everyday life. <laughs> so now let's dive into our conversation for today. So for today, I want to talk about um, what we're talking about, right? Why is it important to develop a DEI lab lens? What is a DEI lab lens, right? So DEI lab, diversity, equity, inclusion, liberation, anti-racism, belonging, being as in well-being. And so all of those things, it means that when we're going about our day, when we're going about everything we're doing, right, there's this lens that, or an awareness that we have to think consciously about the ways those things play out in our daily life. And so that's what that lens is about. And when we think about building our leadership, in these, in this, what that really means is, is our awareness level there so that we can see these things? And a lot of times we may worry about missing things, unintentionally causing harm, right? Um, doing something racist, so we know that maybe like the furthest thing from what we'd ever want to do. But this idea of how do we see it if it's maybe not something that's front and center to us because of the identities that we're carrying through the world? And how do we make it something that's front and center so that we are aware? As we build that awareness, we are then able to see things and then we have are able to use the strategies and tools and take action to change it. But if we don't see it and it's not on our radar, we're just going about our day, then that's where, where issues are showing up, right? That's why it's so important to develop this lens. The other thing that happens is we we don't feel the urgency for some of these things if we're not seeing it or feeling it. Why are so many leaders lacking a DI lab lens or a strong DI lab lens, right? People may see sort of some of the very clear things, but some of the stuff that causes us that feeling of anxiousness of I'm not sure, am I missing something here? Why, where does that come from? Why are we so worried about missing that? And I think part of that is around this idea, right? How do we build our self-awareness around these things? Because if it's something that maybe, if it wasn't something that we were maybe raised and kind of having this lens constantly in our, right? Learning to utilize this lens to analyze our worlds, it's not something that's automatic, especially if it's something that we learn later in life. Some of us may have had situations that caused us to have a deeper awareness and then went on our own learning journeys. And as we go on those our, our own learning journeys, we are able to build that lens. But when we think about so many people in leadership, when we think about who are, there's often 
right? Traditionally, right? White men in leadership positions. When we look at most companies, that is often what we see. And so people that are walking around the world with those identities likely haven't had to, haven't been forced to think about the lived experience of people in other identity with carrying other identities in a right in space, in a world with oppression, right? Haven't had to think about that. Haven't had to experience those feelings because of the identities that they carry. And so not having to think about it, not having to use energy to process it have caught, have often added to a lack of that lens. And so by strengthening that lens and helping those around, helping those around us to strengthen that lens is really important. We are not going to go into today because it's definitely going to take a, but there more time. So we will go into it in another episode because this is something that I do a lot of work with, um, with clients and partners on is this idea around the emotions that come up as we build this lens, as our lens is strengthened, there are a lot of emotions that come up. And so when we see those things, we need space to process them. We need space to figure out how do we respond to them? What is the best way? So like there needs to be space for that. But the first piece is we need to see it. We need to see it and feel it. And then how do we, what do we do with the feelings that it brings up is the next piece of that. All right. So now, now that we know, like it's important to, of course, build this lens. Well, how do we do that? How do we see what we don't typically see? So I think it can be helpful. This is where the pop culture reference is going to come in, right? So for those of you who may have watched um, Netflix's uh, Ginny and Georgia, this is where we're going to talk about that. So I'm going to give the spoiler, spoiler alert. If you have not seen it and are planning to, I mean, I, I'm not giving away so much. You're just definitely not giving away the whole storyline. But I, there are specific parts in the um, in it that we're going to be talking about. So just a quick overview of the show for those of you who may not be familiar. Um, the show focuses on a biracial teen. The, her mom is white. Her dad is black. And she is navigating her teen experiences. She moved to a new neighborhood. Um, but we're in season two, so it's not as new anymore. <laughs> um and her mom has a lot of trauma from childhood and young adulthood. Her dad is a photographer and traveled for work for a long time. So he wasn't, he was in and out of her life a lot. And now he's back in her life permanently. He also lives in the area. It's a suburban area and she attends high school. So that's kind of just a quick overview. I'm gonna tell you right now, storytelling is not my thing. A lot of people that do podcasts or storytelling may be a very, is often a very big strength. That is not my superpower. My superpower is many, many other things like holding space and processing and analyzing and working through and focusing on solutions and many other different things, but storytelling, not so much. So um, what I want us to think about as I'm going to talk about two different situations from the show and how I think this can help for you at, to help you build your leadership skills around this is thinking about the awareness and lack of awareness that the characters held. And so we want to think about who has power in the situations, what role does whiteness play, what harm is done to different characters, um, and the systems and structures that are upholding this and those experiences. As a heads up, the um, 
in, in my opinion, I don't think the show really does a lot to talk about systems and structures. It does point things out here and there. Um, it would be cool, in my opinion, if they did could do more around that just for educational purposes. But, you know, that's not the pride purpose of the show <laughs> for enjoyable purposes. Um, so there's, there's two scenes. So one scene is a therapy is a therapy scene where the girl, the teenager, Ginny, she's maybe like 16 or so. Um, she, she's been going to therapy to address, uh, issues of self-harm. And in this episode, her mom comes into the session with her. This is the first session that mom is part of. Um, what's important here is that what is mom keeps trying to make the session about her and the therapist has to keep reminding mom that it's not about her, that it's about her daughter's experiences. And what her daughter shares in the session is that it's, she often feels that, and she probably almost always feels that her mom doesn't understand her lived experiences as a black girl, as a biracial girl, as a teenager holding those identities and what that means or young woman. Um, I guess, right. She's in that stage. So I, I think that's, um, what's key here is how mom was raising her, her whole life. Right. And it doesn't mean that there's certain things she didn't see, but mom's whiteness and her own upbringing and the trauma that had came from that not only had her very focused on herself and her own issues, but she really wasn't able to dig into racial dynamics. And when you think about it, it's, this is focused on her daughter, but nothing outside of that, there's no conversations really between her and the daughter's dad, who was her partner for a while and on and off, um, and that there still seems to be feelings for on both sides. Well, that's probably giving some of it away um, <laughs> um, in the show, but this idea that there's a lot of a lot of lack of conversations around race. So it's important for us to think about what is the lens that needs to be held? What situations when we do people need to understand about lived experiences? So if we're applying a lens to this, what are we seeing? We're seeing that the daughter was having a lot of anxiety, depression related to not being fully understood, not having support in many situations, um, it, feeling a lot of different emotions and not being able to express it in a space where she felt validated, where she felt um, heard, uh, where she felt uh, cared for and safe. So what's important to think about, because when we think about work situations, like, yes, this is a child, a mom-child situation, right? But when we think about situations that play out at work in work, it's important to think about dynamics that come into play and the way that people, we bring our identities to work and ways that there may be things that are lacking. So how often do people at work maybe feel unsafe to share or, or feel unsafe with how they're showing up? And also what does that cause when aspects of our identity are ignored and we're going to a space every single day, right? Even virtually that we're part of a community um, or part of sort of what are we working towards a bigger cause or a bigger, right? We're all together working for whatever this outcome is. What is, 
what does it mean? And what are the experiences of people who don't feel seen and heard and safe? And that's the piece is that if our lens is strong enough, we're going to start to see those gaps and we're going to see where those things are. And we're going to learn how we can use our role, use our strengths, use our positioning to help shift the systems and structures that are maintaining those unsafe and harmful spaces. We're even going to be looking within ourselves, right? So this mom didn't know that she was doing anything wrong. It was completely oblivious. Now, obviously it's a show. And so obviously like <laughs> it's very clear, like how did she, it's kind of like, how did she not know? But there are so many situations where we may be perpetrating things that we don't mean to just because it's the way we've always done stuff or because it's not on our radar. And so being really careful and really um, learning about how and open to hearing if it's ever voiced to us ways that we can, can shift and change and move things around so that we're preventing harm and not just preventing harm that we're going further, that everybody is thriving. So I think that that's sort of the example that I wanted to share from that specific scene. The next scene that I wanted to share from related to this is um, the girl Ginny is in an AP English class. The teacher is white and it's pointed out during the show that there's no, they're not learn, not reading any books written by um, black authors. Authors of color are talking about um any books about the black experience, right? Or anything related to anything that's not white. <laughs> and so it's pointed out, Ginny brings it up. And instead of the English teacher thinking, responding and saying, oh, you know what? I never realized that. Now that you brought that to my attention, I'm going to figure out ways to bring in more material, get experts or talk to other teachers at the school and see what they might have, work on my own myself. Right. So again, this idea of being called out and not recognizing. So instead, the English teacher gives her an assignment and says, oh, you go ahead, pick the book that the whole class is going to read. Then he expects her to teach the class. So instead of doing that, she walks out and has to go back to goes to um, a lower level English class and doesn't have the opportunity to be an AP, an AP English class. The other thing that's pointed out in the story is that the friends don't show any show. Don't speak up. Nobody else in the class. No other students bring up this issue. Um, none of the other white students, none of the other, nobody else is addressing this. And so the big thing that I think is important to recognize here is there's so many opportunities if the lens, so the lens is there for the kids because for the other students, but they didn't have the tools or strategies or skills to know how to speak up is what it shows. They kind of just accept it. They never tell anybody else. At least that's the part you're seeing, and the, right, their parents don't know. They never speak up. They never go talk to the principal or the guidance counselor or anybody like that. Nobody ever speaks to the teacher themselves. But you see the kid, the other kids having a physical, emotional reaction. Well, actually, it's not true. The white, the well, the one girl that's white. It seems like I think I don't know if, you, if she she sees it, but maybe does she? It's also pointed out later that maybe it wasn't even on her radar. I don't remember that part so much. Um, so part of it is, did she have the lens to recognize the issue? I don't think she saw that her friend having to do this assignment was so problematic, was problematic at all. And that was the piece. And her friend, Ginny, was very hurt by that. And she shared that. And they had a conversation about that. 
But the bigger thing is the structural piece, right? How is it structurally being addressed? The, um, the mom, right? She's not able to address it. She doesn't have the skills or strategies or tools to be able to address it. The, uh, it's, it's just not brought up as there is a conversation between the dad and the teacher at a different spot. I don't remember the outcome, but it wasn't anything where anything great is changing. It was just kind of, an, he found out that she dropped the class, I think in that episode, that part of it. Um, and so there's a lot there where we can see how the lens makes a difference. We also see how the reaction to that for the teacher, his reaction to building this lens was resistant, right? He was like, I can't handle it. Right. It was very, very fragile, very, um, it's not, it has nothing to do with me. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm just the right. Not taking responsibility for something that he needed to work on. And that's the piece when we're missing the lens, it's also hard for us to take responsibility and for to see, to look inward at how, how we can make a difference. All right. So we are going to move on. So really quick before we move on, I just want to dive a little bit more into this aspect of the teacher, right? So when we're using this lens, it's going deeper than just the teacher, right? We're looking at the system. So what is the curriculum that's been approved by the school, by the district? Why hasn't there been, right? Why are these the books? that were approved? Why aren't there additional books that were thought about, right? And put on that list. And historically, we wanted to also take a historical context, right? How long has this historically been going on for, right? We see it in this example as impacting this one specific person, but we're not looking at how has the system impacted so many people before and who else has been harmed and why is the system being perpetuated this way and how all these students that are in that class are lacking knowledge and opportunity to learn from all these additional books, right? So we want to look at all the other players. When we do think about, when we're using this lens, we don't want to just think about the individual. We want to think about the system. We even want to think about how this individual was raised, right? Like the fact that the teacher didn't even have this on their mind. Let's look at what was their schooling like, right? What happened in their education program as in their college education program to become their teach, to become a teacher in their certification program. There's aspects in there that need working on, right? That they had didn't see things or know this. What was their, what did it look like for them growing up, right? What were the messages they received? What was the education when they were a student? What did this look like, right? So we see how all this connects. So it's not just about putting blame on this teacher and shaming them, right? That's not what this is about. It's about how do we use this lens to go deeper, look at the systemic issues, what needs to change, who else needs to be involved, what is the training that needs to happen, what does the leadership training need to happen for the teacher, for the students, for the school, so that people are having a mindset and seeing these things before, right, as ahead of time as possible, before this harm is being done, right? And harm has been done, right? The fact that if this was always the curriculum that was used, no matter who was in the classroom, harm was being done because kids weren't, white kids weren't learning this material, right? If no one had said anything before or anyone just hadn't said anything before, right? Um, 
So I just want, I think that's an important piece. When we think about developing the lens, the lens is not about creating shame. The lens is about digging deeper at the root of the problem. And what does that look like? What do equity issues look like? What does diversity issues look like? What does inclusion look like in these spaces, in these systems? This is just one example. Okay. So we've gone through already, we talked about, right? Why is this lens important? Why do we need it? How do we use it? How do we see it? How can we be more clear on that? How is it applied when we're using this pop culture reference? And the next part that I want us to talk about is how can you continue to develop your DEI lab lens, right? And this is still something, right, that I, I always continue working on this. I think this is something that's important that because as our our view can always expand, right? It can always deepen. We can always learn and grow. And that can make a really big difference. So I like to turn it a little bit internal now. What can we do individually? What can our organizations do to create change? So right? So an exercise that I have often used with individuals and that I have used in um, some programs around building leadership around this is around mapping out your spaces. And so one of the exercises that I often do with people is kind of take a look at all the spaces that you're part of. And what do issues around diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, well-being, right? All of those things, liberation, anti-racism, what do they look like in those spaces? Who is in those spaces? What are the power dynamics in those spaces? When I say spaces, it's kind of like where you show up physically in your everyday life. And it may not be physically, it can also be remote. So any communities that you're part of. So that would be at work. And that would be when you're thinking about in your organization, what committees might you be part of? What teams might you be part of? What about your department? that you're part of? What projects are you on? Who are you partnering with? Um, all of the space, like in those meetings that you're part of, who is in those meetings? What do conversations look like? What are power dynamics? How do they show up? That's what we want to be thinking about when we're mapping out our spaces. I've also done this, right? I think it's important to do this in your personal life as well, because I think there's a big overlap between the way the personal and the professional, right? We can't, it's not just the professional. We need to know when we think about performative work and we don't want to be performative, we're doing these things in our outside life too. It's not just at work. So how does it look like there as well? Um, so that's, that's one example of an exercise that can be helpful in helping you to deepen your lens, right? Is trying to find out where might those gaps exist. The other aspect of that, when we think about that lens, is putting a historical context, right? Trying to put his, a historical context into whatever the issue is. What is the history behind it? How did it get here? So for example, like whatever company or organization you're working at, what is the history of the company, right? How did it start? What did the history around issues of diversity look like? Who who was always in leadership positions? How did it start? Who made decisions? What was the um, the composition of the board? What what did that look like, right? And it doesn't have to yes, racial ethnic diversity, but other aspects of diversity as well, right? When we think it could be right gender, age, um, socioeconomic status, so many different things, right? When we think about that, when we think about um, all of those issues, we want to put a historical context around it. And it's remembering, again, it's not about creating shame, right? It's likely that many organizations probably don't have the best history around this. 
And that's okay. But it's, I mean, that's not okay, but us recognizing that is important. And that lets us then move forward to create the change. If we don't take some time to look at the historical context, our lens is not going to have enough depth for us to see where we need to go, right? The historical context plays a big role into where we are right now, why people are feeling how they are feeling right now, and the impact that everyday things are having on people, right? Why certain processes, procedures are, are, were put into place, right? The history of that is going to matter. Um, and then a last one, another, uh, just, uh, another way to continue to develop your lens is also right. Continuing to watch shows, read books, read articles, by people who have had different lived experience and ones who are in things that are sharing different lived experiences, right? Opportunities to see different lived experiences in itself expands our worldview, right? Expands the way we see things. And that all makes a difference. Um, and then reflecting, right? How that shows up in our own life. So those are just some examples of what you can do right now to strengthen your DEI lab lens, to strengthen your awareness around DEI and anti-racism issues and the way that it's showing up. And that is one way to take a step to towards when we have that worry of, oh, am I going to make a misstep? Am I going to um, unintentionally say or do something? This is one way to take a proactive stance around that, to prevent that from happening. So we covered a lot today. And so, and I'm excited that you were listening for it. We talked about developing this lens. We talked about so many different things. Um, and what I want, right? How do we practice using this lens? And what can we do right now? What's an action step? So I also, and just like in my work with people when we're building leadership, skills and developing leadership, I always like to have action steps to move forward. So I'm going to give you all an action step and I would love if you choose to do it. And if you want to share, I would love that as well. And today's action step is really focused on helping you to build your lens, right? And to kind of deepen that. So today's practice example or today's example is I am going for to share with you. So if you can write an email to express or an email or to do anything, right? To express your opposition to the rejection of the AP African-American studies course um, in Florida, that would be awesome. It doesn't matter if you're in Florida or not, your voice will still matter. Um, and so I think, right, this action step of you being able to see, yes, why this is problematic, but the deeper part, here's where your lens comes in. I want you to share, if you're doing an email, you could do an email, you can also send an op-ed to a local newspaper. Um, you could send an email to the governor of Florida, to the Department of Education in Florida, any of those things or anywhere else that you feel like will make a difference to a legislator related to this. And it could be the same content, content but sharing in there why this is important to you and share in there, try to think about the lens. What's the lens that they might be missing? What's the piece, what happened in their mind, right? That there was a rejection that they thought that that was okay, right? So using your power to not just express your opposition to them rejecting that, to say why you think it's important, why it matters, why young people should have access to that course, 
why the, the pain, the hurt that's causing it and using that through the, the this DEI lab lens, right? I think it sometimes, not all the time, right? What's the emotional connection to it? So the way to practice, right? So our action step is writing a letter, writing an email or writing an op-ed, anything like that. If you do it, I would love for you to share with me that it was done. I think it's always helpful to have an accountability person. If you have someone already in your life, amazing. If not, I would love for you to reach out, tag me on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm in on Facebook. Um, send me an email. Let me know that it was done. Uh, and I think it would just be amazing to see for us together as a community to be taking steps, right? People are always like, well, what do I do? And just the power in those of us who are listening, if each of us who are listening sent one email, there's power in that, right? There's power in those numbers. Um, and it's a great way for you to practice right? <laughs> as well in just developing leadership. So the other thing um, I want to share is if you are interested in continuing to develop your leadership skills, if you are interested in helping your organization develop more leadership and capacity to do this work, I would love for you to reach out to connect. Um, I have, I'm going to be opening the DEI Lab Leadership Institute soon, um, where I love the opportunity to show you and your organization how to shift from business as usual to become a human-centric organization, an innovator, and being a change maker, right? So um, reach out to me by email, rory at upowerchange.com if you are interested in seeing how your organization can get more support around building their DEI lab leadership, or if you personally just want to know how to get more support around doing that. As well as if you like this episode, if you found it helpful, it would be amazing if you can just share it with a friend or a coworker or somebody you know, that would be awesome. So until next time, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Take care.